What's going on, everybody? Jared Sandler here with you, ready for episode 74 of the Justice Set Conversation as we kick off December with a guy who spent lots of time uh, putting in work here in the DFW Metroplex as the television voice of the Texas Rangers, as a sports talk show host, and now as someone who broadcasts for UCLA and uh, various other events across the country. That is Josh Lewin. And Josh uh, was my first boss. Uh, I guess Josh and Norm Hitzkis were my two first bosses in separate internships that uh, ran concurrently. I kind of bugged the you-know-what out of Josh, and I asked him if I could just hang out with him in the booth uh, over the course of a Rangers summer and just help however, and eventually I think my emails became annoying and he just gave in, uh, and it was uh, incredibly uh, influential for me, and hopefully I didn't bug him too much. But I always enjoy my chance to catch up with Josh. I want to thank Zach Rowe for producing this and all episodes of the Justice Set Conversation. And I want to thank you for your support and would really appreciate if you would consider maybe uh, taking this link and sharing it uh, with, with someone or, or, or some people who you think might enjoy it. Uh, clicking the like button or the subscribe button, uh, comment, uh, any and all would uh, really be appreciated. But alas, here is episode 74 of the Justice Set Conversation with Josh Lewin. Very on brand for you. You're someone who's always had fun doing stuff, someone with uh, all sorts of interests. And now uh, you are dominating social media by broadcasting your everyday, uh, everyday events. How did that idea come about and how much fun are you having doing something like this? Well, I mean, fun as much as we can all have fun right now. You know, I mean, uh, I'm out here in California where the whole state is on lockdown. And I mean, it's a it's a great place to be locked down. I mean, I'm looking at the Pacific Ocean as I'm talking to you, and that's a blessing. But these are scary, weird times, and it's kind of laugh to keep from crying, I think, you know. So uh, I ventured out to uh, a very empty CVS parking lot about a week and a half, two weeks ago, I guess, and it just kind of struck me that, boy, there's just nothing going on. So when I finally saw a car pulling out of the lot, I don't know what struck me, but I just turned on my phone and did some play-by-play of it, and did some more of a pile of dirt on my way back uh, to the condo and um, didn't really think too much of it. It was just something to, you know, keep myself amused. And then I decided, all right, well, I'll post one of these things just to see if it amuses anybody else. And, uh, you know, I don't want to use the phrase going viral these days, because that's wrong, but uh, it, it definitely struck a nerve. And yeah, I've done, I don't know, probably 20, 22 of these things now and actually kind of giving it a bit of a break just because I'm, uh, it's not that I'm over it. It's just it's kind of like, you know, I want a, a small break from content creation uh, just to, like, walk the beach and do some reading or whatever else. But, you know, fun little uh, side project that came out of nowhere. And if it abuses some people, that's great. Oh, a lot of people, especially here in DFW, know you as a broadcaster, you know, doing the Rangers, working uh, on the radio. But, you know, I think people who who are around you know you as someone who – loves all sorts of things, whether it's playing the piano or uh, the entertainment side. What, what would you say, other than sports, are your, your favorite hobbies? Well, I, I got a lot of them. I, you know, and I've always been fascinated, I think, by people who, who look to be in more than one space. I think that's why, why you and, and Eric Nadell, for example, you know, are so great uh, around the Rangers because it's so obvious you've got other interests and other skill sets. And, you know, I mean, Eric with his, with his haikus and limericks and, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you've got so many creative ideas. And I just, 
Yeah, I've always been been drawn to that. You know, fascinated by people. I look at a guy like Steve Martin. You know, who started out as a comedian, but then became a a reasonably serious actor and a banjo player and a writer and an artist. And you know, I mean, it's a very uh, eclectic mix that he's got. You know, a guy like Justin Timberlake. I mean, I don't love his music, but I just love that he's got so many different interests and and abilities. And I don't have you know nearly those abilities at all, but uh, I do have a lot of varied interests, and I I think that helps when uh you know sports is taken away from us i mean if there is no sports that's all you do and that's all you know your your world is really hollow so i mean i miss sports as much as the next guy but it's nice to have some other things to fall back on all right josh uh, i remember we we first met when i i guess i i emailed you and i probably bugged the crap out of you and you finally uh said (laughs) why why don't you come and just hang out uh in the booth and and i spent a couple summers just doing whatever it is that that you and and Tom Grieve needed, and I was always amazed that you would be preparing for a baseball game on a Thursday, getting ready for uh, maybe a, a Fox National game on a Saturday, and then a Chargers game on a Sunday, and then you know next thing you're back on Monday, getting ready for Rangers and some East Coast team all on the other side of the country. What was that period of your life like, and and how how did you I guess, do all of that and, and balance all of that, all those different responsibilities? Well, I, you know, I enjoyed that at the time. I mean, it's funny. I'm kind of out the other side of that now. It's not like I'm looking to be retired or pivot completely away. But, I, you know, I, I kind of look back and, and it almost seems like that's a whole other lifetime. You know, I just I really do like downtime now. And I think downtime made me uncomfortable in my 20s and 30s and 40s. It was kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm letting myself down by, by not – occupying every minute of the day, whether that was with my kids or with my wife or with the Rangers or with the Chargers. I just, you know, I never, I never did a crossword puzzle and I never played cards, uh, you know, never took time to just, you know, binge a, a show or anything. Uh, uh, you know, it was just always go, go, go. And, and that served me well for a while. I mean, it, it you know, put my kids through college and, and I got to see a lot of great sporting events, but uh, you know, the, I got to a point, where, you know, when it was Chargers and Mets, especially instead of Chargers and, and Rangers, the, the ping pong back and forth from coast to coast, uh, it just started getting to be a bit of a whip. I mean, it, it, it did two great jobs, and I certainly didn't want to walk away from them because I was very blessed to have them. But, uh, you know, I think when you're in your late 40s as opposed to your late 20s, your metabolism is just a little different. <laughs> and, uh, the uh, you know, the, the, the thought of, you know, boy, you know, I, I get to go, you know, coast to coast, you know, three days in a row. That's going to be so awesome. Uh, that thought just kind of dripped towards, oh, man, you know, this is, uh, this is challenging. So, uh, it, like I say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it differently. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that I worked that hard and, and, I, and I enjoyed every minute of it. But uh, it is kind of nice now to just be able to, to kick back and relax a little bit, too. You got your start at a really young age, uh, at a time when broadcasters at the level in which you were broadcasting were not that young. I guess maybe it's changed now. You got guys who are taking on a lot of responsibility at younger ages. But when you broke through, you were definitely an exception. What was it like being a young person in an industry that was dominated by people who were your parents' age and and trying to, you know, become one of one of the guys, but also make your way and continue to pursue whatever you were pursuing. 
Yeah, I was really lucky in that respect. I mean, my first real big job, my first big break was to do the, you know, basically the exact job that you're doing now with the Rangers on radio. I did it for the Orioles. I you know, was doing AAA ball in my hometown of Rochester, New York, and basically got called up by the Orioles because they you know, were the AAA affiliate. And, uh, you know, started doing you know, some sports talk and some hosting and some occasional play-by-play. But the advantage I had was a lot of the guys who were with the Orioles, I had just been with in Rochester for the last five years. So, you know, we were contemporaries and it wasn't intimidating at all. And then the other break was when I got chosen to to help break in Fox, you know, when they started the baseball coverage in 96, I guess that was. The other people doing those jobs were just as young as I was. It was me and Joe Buck and Tom Brenneman uh, and Chip Carey. You know, I mean, we were all basically around the same age, kind of mid to late 20s. So, you know, we were all in that same universe. So, uh, you know, it, it all felt pretty normal. And what was abnormal now, I mean, now that I'm 50, you know, like you say, there's a lot of 25 and 27-year-olds just killing it out there right now. You know, I mean, they, they come through uh, not only Syracuse or whatever, you know, the great broadcast schools, but, you know, shoot, you can do your own play-by-play on YouTube and Twitch and, and develop your own following and develop your own style by the time you're in eighth grade if you really want to do it now. So, uh, it is odd that I'm, you know, I'm now the guy that's twice as old as a lot of the people in the business. And I guess that's just a, a reminder that, that things change. Josh, uh, when I think of your your time with the Rangers, you know, unfortunately it was only at the very end that they uh, started to become a, you know, a really, really good team for that first part of uh, this, I guess, most recent decade. But uh, not to boil your time with the Rangers down to one call, but the the first call I think about, and I don't know what memories you have of this game or, heck, if, if you even like this call, but the David DeLucci walk-off double that scored Michael Young and then Brian Jordan uh, to win a late-season game between the Rangers and the A's. It kept the playoff hopes alive. It was a day game, uh, a comeback in the ninth inning, uh, and it was uh, for a while, actually, for one of my friends, that call was my ringtone when he called because he was a big Rangers yeah. fan. <laughs> I, do you remember? Do you remember that game and, and that call in particular? And do you ever go back and say, you know what, I nailed that call, or uh, I really like that particular call in that moment? It well, you know, I, I do remember that call. I remember that game just because it was such an unlikely push, and they didn't actually end up making the playoffs. They they lost on the penultimate weekend they just ran out of gas and couldn't quite get it done but it was that flickering moment and and recently it's funny because i just relived that with ucla basketball i mean you know they had this horrible horrible start to their season losing to you know hofstra and fullerton at home you know and then all of a sudden they win three games in a row then it's four then it's five then it's six and they're you know buzzer beaters for number seven buzzer beater for number eight and all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're ready to storm through the Pac-12 tournament and maybe win the thing, you know, before coronavirus shut everything down. And I went immediately to that uh, DeLucci game in my mind because it's like, man, it's just so unlikely that they just keep winning these games. So, yeah, that, that was a fun one for sure. Um, I wish I could have enjoyed 2010 a little more. I mean, I pretty much knew that my time with the Rangers was ending that summer. You know, I mean, I had kind of the – the uh, the come to meeting with, with Nolan Ryan and, and John Blake and we just kind of all agreed that this just isn't really working long term anymore. There, you know, Nolan's vision was just different than mine, and I totally respected that. I mean, you know, what I said to Nolan on my way out was, look, I mean, I, I drive to work 
on the Nolan Ryan Expressway. You know, there's no such thing as the Josh Lewin Expressway. I mean, I, you know, you you should absolutely have the broadcast done the way you want them done, and you know, let's just shake hands and move on. And that was tough. I mean, I knew that my time was about to end, but you know, only my wife knew it at the time. Nobody else did. Tom Grieve didn't know it, and my kids didn't know it. And uh, you know, for those last three, four months of the 2010 season, they were winning a ton of games like that. And uh, you know, it was fun to nail all those calls or try to, you know, a lot of Josh Hamilton walk-offs and, you know, really cool stuff going on. But there was this, you know, for me personally, there was this kind of an underlying sadness, like, wow, you know, I mean, it's just getting good now and I'm, I'm going to be walking away. So, uh, uh, you know, it, it's funny, 2010, I, I think what I remember most is, you know, the, the Rangers put out the press release right, uh, right before game five of the ALDS. It was a 2-2 you know, best of five. They were going into that last game with Tampa Bay. And it was like literally hours before that game that they, they broke the news that I wouldn't be back. So, uh, you know, watching them win game five and then go all the way to the World Series, you know, I mean, A-Rod striking out against Feliz. And it was kind of like this bittersweet thing, like, man, you know, 10 years of watching a lot of bad baseball. And, you know, here it is right now. And I have nothing to do with it. But uh, you know, that was just a personal thing, and, and I got over it pretty quickly. I mean, I'm you know, still like the Rangers as, as uh, an organization, and loved a lot of the people and still do. But, uh, yeah, 2010, I mean, just to answer your original question, I mean, so many great moments in that season, and, uh, you know, fun to have, to have been a part of it, even though, like I say, kind of underneath, I was, was a little fat. How do you balance, I mean, with all your, your various responsibilities over the years, I'm sure that's not the only time when maybe your vision differed from someone else's vision. How do you you balance being true to you and what you truly believe in while also considering what someone who also has some level of responsibility believes that might differ from yours? Your beliefs. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a tough line to walk. I mean, you want to be respectful of your bosses for sure. And I certainly, you know, hopefully was never, uh, you know, the kind of guy that, that was, uh, you know, going AWOL from the program, so to speak. You know, I, I didn't want to be that guy for sure. But, uh, you know, Harry Callis said it, you know, the late great voice of the Phillies, that, you know, he, he would invoke the, the quote from Shakespeare. I think it's Hamlet, uh, you know, to thine own self be true. And I think that when it gets right down to it, I think in any walk of life, whatever you're doing, whatever your job is, whatever relationship you're in, uh, I think, you know, part of what you do in your 20s and 30s is to, to figure out who you are. And then I think, you know, not that I have all the answers, but what I'm kind of figuring out is I think what your 40s and 50s are for is to implement what you've learned. And, you know, for me back then, I guess I was, you know, pretty much turning 40. And kind of realizing, wow, you know, this is who I am. I mean, I know it pisses some people off if I'm joking around in the, you know, in the eighth inning sometimes. And, you know, it would remind people when it was two to two, I certainly would never do that. But it was when it was ten to two, uh, you know, if you're going to be true to yourself, I just really thought, you know what, we're, we're here to have fun. We're, we're here to watch a ball game and relax and get away from it all. And, and this is how I like to, to enjoy a ball game. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's for most people. But I know it won't be for all people. And, and I think that in any uh, tenet of your life, I think, is important to, to just kind of recognize that, that this is what works for me, you know, and, and surround yourself with people who are like-minded. And if it doesn't work, then, you know, you get to, to pick up your ball and, and, and take it somewhere else. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the crazy way my, my time in Dallas 
uh, on the air in terms of play-by-play ended was it just was like, you know what, I mean, I'd like for this to continue, ideally, but, uh, you know, obviously I've, I've got a, a situation here where they just don't really think I'm a fit, and, and I don't want to insist upon anybody. I don't want to be making anybody uncomfortable. So, you know, let, let's do it politely and divorce amicably. And, uh, you know, ironically, as you know, Jerry, because I was going through it, uh, you know, that summer, I, I did the same thing with, with my wife. You know, I mean, we, we remain good friends to this day, but it just suddenly wasn't working. And, and you know, you, you, you can either be immature about it or mature about it. And, uh, you know, we, we tried to just kind of take the high road and shake hands and you know, I've now found where I think I belong, and she's found where she thinks she's belonging. And uh, I think that's very true in the broadcast business, too. You, you go where you fit, and, and you sit down and stay there until somebody tells you you don't anymore. All right, I got two questions left for you, Josh. Uh, the first one involves broadcasting. The second one does not. Uh, on the broadcasting side, you've accomplished and achieved a tremendous amount. Uh, and, and you, you kind of alluded to this earlier, you're at a point of your career where you're not necessarily, uh, you don't desire putting your, your foot totally on the pedal and doing everything and anything like you might have earlier in your career. But is there anything that you'd still like to accomplish in your professional career as a broadcaster? Or are you kind of at a place where, hey, I, I'm going to do whatever opportunities uh, come in front of me, but I'm not, you know, I, I, I've kind of done what I've wanted to do and the rest is gravy. Yeah. You know, I, I like the challenge of finding something new. So, I mean, I'm exploring this esports universe now. I mean, got asked by, by EA sports to do their, their Madden stuff, you know, the Madden bowl that's coming up and some of those events. And I, and I like that. I, you know, it's, it's a young space and it's, it's a little bit challenging. It's a little new for me, but I like that. So I, I grabbed that and, Love the podcasting space. I think that's, you know, all due respect to terrestrial radio. I, I think that, you know, podcasting is here for quite a while until we all got the holograms or whatever is next. And, and uh, you know, so I created this uh, throwback league podcast where it's basically, uh, you know, a March Madness bracket of World Series teams and the games get played out with a computer sim. And I, I take the results and go into a studio and just do the make-believe play-by-play with sound effects and it's been fun you know really challenging something i've never done before so uh you know i guess short answer if the right nfl opportunity ever came up again i, I do miss doing the nfl you know did the chargers for what 12 or 13 years and, and that was really fun but it's got to be with the right organization you know it's got to be the right fit and uh you know other than that no i just you know i i like the idea that i don't know what's next and you know to, to have somebody tap me on the shoulder and say hey you want to try this uh if it feels right i'll, I'll give it a shot and if not then uh you know kind of like you said I, i've got a lot of good memories from uh from the rangers and and from the mets and, and everything else all right last question josh this is kind of building off the fact that you do have so many interests and you've tried so many things what is something that you have not tried or not learned at some point in your life that you would still like to try or learn? That's a great question. And, uh, you know, fortunately, I'm, I'm married to someone now uh, who's a, a traveler and, and really interested in that. And it's, you know, obviously it's not the year to be traveling now, but, uh, you know, just going and, and seeing other, uh, other, not just other places, but other cultures. I mean, you know, really getting a, a handle a little bit at least on, you know, what, what it's like in places I've, I've just read about, you know, just to actually uh, see that culture for myself and be a part of it. So, uh, you know, I know that's, that's not anything that, that's a professional aspiration or that I can, can make money doing, but 
uh, just seeing the world, I guess, is the short answer. And, and you know, I'm, I'm really blessed that, uh, you know, uh, hopefully, I, obviously, once the coronavirus stuff clears up, that, that we can kind of hit the restart button. And uh, there's just so much of the world I want to see and so many people I want to meet. So I guess that's, that's probably what's next. Well, there you go. Episode 74 of the Justice Set Conversation with Josh Lewin. Thanks to Zach Rowe for producing. Thanks to you for tuning in. We got more coming your way on this channel, so be on the lookout. Until then, stay safe, be healthy, and we'll talk to you soon.